You'll never know just how much I love you. You'll never know just how much I care. And if I tried, I still couldn't hide my love from you. Didn't you know? Cause haven't I told you so? A million or more times. Welcome to the 302nd episode of the Jamie Delaney Plant-Based Wellness Podcast. My name is Jamie Delaney and I'm your host. I'm a plant-based cardiologist and endurance athlete as well as a mother. And that, my friends, was the diva singing one of her favorite songs. Happy Mother's Day to all of you, whether you're a person mother or animal mother, whatever kind of mother you are, but happy Mother's Day to you, and I hope you enjoy your upcoming week, and I hope it's very happy and healthy. This episode is obviously about being a mother. My mom, my daughter, who's a new mom, and all of you moms out there, and what we face day to day to try to ensure that our children come into no harm. And everybody out there desires zero harm to come to their children or anybody's children for the most part. To protect our children is the most basic and strongest commitment that we as mothers have. But despite our best efforts, we're not always in control. Kids fall down. They make choices when we're not around that sometimes they regret. We make choices that we sometimes regret. And things don't always work out the way we had envisioned for them. Basically, we're all left to react to what life gives us and what life brings us. We have to make choices minute by minute, day to day, with sometimes a lot of knowledge, sometimes little knowledge. And you can see where I'm going with this because right now in today's world, we're having to make decisions that nobody has a lot of good, hard evidence about the knowledge they have, but everybody has opinion about what decision that you might make for your child or your family as a mother. And we're judged on that, um, and there's pressure on that. There's immense pressure to be correct. As mothers, we are the first ones to blame ourselves when anything goes wrong, even if it's out of our wildest, wildest dreams. You know, if our child goes out on a bicycle and is run over by a drunk driver, hit by a drunk driver, if there is something that happens at a school, um, again, we we have tremendous regrets and take full responsibility for, for what happened to our child. We could make a decision that's right a million times, and that one time there's an exception and something goes wrong, and we still blame ourselves. We can look at data that shows there are a certain percentage of something happening, going right or wrong, and we try to apply that to our children, and it's impossible to apply percentages of many to one. But we still try, and we agonize over the decision. We want our children to be healthy above all else. You know, when you say you give your right arm for your child to be, it's, it's not a joke. Uh, we would give our lives as mothers for our children for them to be healthy in a heartbeat. But the bottom line is that we as humans can't guarantee 100% 
the health and safety of our children. And that is an agonizing, agonizing thing to have to think about. One thing I know for sure is that the bond between a child and a mother is not based on knowledge, not based on status, not based on anything other than being that child's mother. And I think a lot of moms out there forget that um, there's nobody that's ever going to cut them the breaks that their own children cut them. Um, there's no one that's going to agree that your decision is right any more than your own child. Yeah, maybe some of those decisions they don't necessarily agree with. But in the long run, looking back, nobody disagrees with their, their mother was the best mother that there, there could have been. We're constant teachers of our children, whether we are trying to teach them or not. They're constant observers of what we think, what we say, what we do. They mimic from the time of being a small child what we do. And they take those lessons and apply to their children. That's one of the reasons why it's so hard to change our nutrition, because it's how our parents and our mother fed us. It's what our mothers made. Our mothers wouldn't have made a dish for us if she didn't love us or she was trying to hurt us. We were rewarded with food for our good behaviors. There are special treats that our mothers made us growing up that we loved and cherished, and good memories are around the comfort food that our mothers made. So when it comes to, well, that causes high cholesterol or heart disease or potentially cancer, it's so hard to assume that that, that could possibly be true. Our good memories are seated in some of the poorest food choices that we can make. It's not that our mothers made poor choices or didn't care about our health, that they did, but that was the information that was available. For the most part, if you could supply enough calories to your children, it was very successful. And if you could supply calories that they enjoyed, it was even more successful. If you could provide calories that they enjoyed, filled them up, and was under your budget, it was even more successful. As women had to go to work or began working in the, in the workforce, they had less time to be in the kitchen. Marketing took over. Food was prepared that you could get TV dinners or box dinners or, you know, potatoes in a box or things in a can that made it much easier. Women didn't have to do the canning of the garden. You could buy cans. You didn't have to buy... Uh, a lot of things. You could get things already made. Hamburger Helper, you know, there were ads on TV, you know, uh, mom coming home from work and, and making things in a skillet that were easy. Mac and cheese in a box already prepared. You know, things that would fill your family up, make them happy, but you also had a little bit of free time. We'll often have the discussion that we eat so much better than we used to eat. But it doesn't mean it's as good as we could eat, perhaps. Um, when I was growing up, I was queasy in the morning, and I would eat all kinds of terrible things for breakfast because I wouldn't eat otherwise. So my mother was in a hurry to go to work and get me off to school, so she would succumb to me in Captain Crunch cereal or even coffee cake and hot tea, anything to get some food in me before I would go to to school. And in reality, I was probably lactose intolerant, and that was part of my problem with, you know, the dairy associated with a lot of breakfast foods. 
We also teach our children a lot about social interactions and, and you know, how to get along with other human beings. You know, uh, I grew up in a really tiny town. There wasn't any um, traffic lights. You know, there was a couple stop signs, and it was really safe. I could ride my bike and be with my cousins and friends, and my mom didn't have to worry about where I was. We certainly didn't have cell phones. And, um, you know, we would play pickup games amongst ourselves. Sometimes my mother would come out after dinner and be a part of all that. Uh, you know, we would have softball, pickup softball games in, in the church yard, and I have very fond memories of that. She also taught me how to get along uh, with, with new people. Um, she took me outside of that little town and introduced me to a dance class with kids that I didn't go to school with. And, you know, it was very apprehensive to start with. And she said, just go say, you know, hi, my name is Jamie and be nice and, and you'll become friends with other people. But we don't have that opportunity uh, now. When my daughter was growing up, she played predominantly organized sports. Um, a lot of the introductions was, were done with people um, for them, and now we have limited social interaction with kids. They're not going to school. They don't see adults' face with the face mask. They don't see other kids. They can't play pickup games. Uh, I heard a story today where a child was afraid to go out of the house, and he was uh, cleaning all the time. I uh, sat in one chair and, you know, his behavior had become neurotic because he was so afraid of getting an infection. So we have all kinds of new things to deal with that as parents, we do the best that we possibly can. And we try to sift through all of this information to try to keep our children safe. You know, there was a kid in a bubble one time that had uh, didn't have an immune system and he, he lived in near isolation. And at one point, you know, it was enough. It wanted out of isolation because that isolation was worse than the fate of being infected itself. And, and we're kind of to that point uh, in a lot of respects. We have been isolated so much that we have lost that social interaction, that human connection with a lot of other people. Uh, yet as mothers, we're afraid. Um, what are we going to do? Um, we're now getting data from uh, private schools and other countries that schools weren't shut, that the risk of going to school was actually pretty low. The biggest risk for, is for unfit, unhealthy teachers. Um, you know, so we denied our children access to public education in large part because our adults aren't healthy. Perhaps if we have let the COVID go through the kid population in the schools uh, that would have had an limited effect, then um, we'd all be better off. I don't know the answer. Um, nobody can be an armchair quarterback. There's a lot of data that comes in from a lot of different sources. The bottom line is we all get to take the data and the information we're hearing and we get to make a choice that affects our own children. And when we start to look and scrutinize other people for their decision, you know, it only comes from having walked a mile in their shoe before we can actually make, you know, make judgment on that decision. And, and we don't walk a another, you know, a mile in somebody else's shoe, so to speak. Things that we're pretty sure of, that COVID-19 affects children much less than it affects adults. There are some children that have adverse effects, just like there are children that have adverse effects from other colds and flus and children that 
have adverse effects to things that happen in life in general. The bottom line is we can't protect every child from a bad outcome because there will be children, despite it being so sad, that something bad happens to. But when we apply or when we're put on the line to make a decision, you know, I've heard people say we can accept no child being hurt by the lack of a vaccine. But we also have to look at the other end of things, that there are children hurt by a vaccine. We know that is true. Is it rare? Yes, but it's a true fact, which makes making that decision a personal decision for everyone. When I was young, people weren't afraid for their kids to get chicken pox or even measles for that matter. Uh, The measles shot just came out when I was old, uh, just in grade school. And uh, the fact of the matter is I had the measles shot and got the measles the day after the measles shot or a week after or something along that line. And it was a terrible case of the measles, but nobody blamed the measles shot for the most part. Uh, and I was fine, and you know, most of my cousins had chicken pox. My kids had chicken pox, but now we get vaccinations, and we don't accept for people to get um, uh, these infections that we think are preventable. But that's not always the case. So, what can we do as mothers to make our children healthier? in this world of unknowns associated with vaccinations and COVID infections and other infections and bad people and homeschooling or going to school and all the decisions that we're required to make. And I'll go back to, uh, you know, this is a plant-based wellness podcast that has dogs barking in the background. We can concentrate on feeding our children more healthy. We know that since the 90s, the, uh, the incidence of uh, autism has gone up. We also know that the genetically modified organisms in our food and the amount of Roundup and glyphosate in our food has tremendously gone up as well. So if you have the ability to choose organic or at least go to the environmentalworkinggroup.org and look at the Dirty Dozen and the Clean 15 uh, and get the produce that... Um, you know, berries and strawberries and such that are heavily laden with pesticide grapes and try to get organic when you can, uh, even if it means buying frozen organic over fresh non-organic, it's always an option. Can go, it can do a tremendous amount to improve your, your child's health. Trying new foods every week. Some kids are picky, especially if you're trans, trans, um, Going into a plant-based nutrition uh, after your kids are a little bit older and can make decisions, it's obviously easier if you start them out when they first start eating. But uh, nevertheless, to make the transition can be a little bit difficult if the children are old enough to help you prepare some of the food and learn where the food comes with. that, That makes it a little bit easier, things that they've picked out or worked with. Uh, They tend to want to eat, so have them help you to pick recipes. Take your favorite recipes and make them plant-based. You know, one of the favorite things that I had growing up was raisin bread toast with butter on it. Well, now I make sourdough raisin bread. Um, You know, I have fond memories of growing up at my grandmother's house eating the food that she made. It wasn't the food that she made. It was delicious, but the food, it was the time I spent with my grandmother. So as a grandparent or a grandmother, Don't be so caught up in making things that are unhealthy for your children to buy their love, so to speak, but to make things that are healthy for them that you make that are personal to them 
is more likely to have fond memories. And, and the reality of it is they're going to have fond memories regardless. Um, you know, Addie did a podcast or did an interview today on Chef AJ, and I'll put a link to that where she, um, you know, talked about families and quick food, and she, she did her burrito bowl. Uh, but she said, you know, her grandmother was her hero. She grew up, like my mother kept her while I was at work, and she helped her in the kitchen and made things. And, and what she made wasn't necessarily, um, that's not what the memories, the memories were for the time that they had together and the things that, that they did together. And sure, my mother's one of my favorite recipes. It's in our cookbook, Stuffed Shells. But we make them plant-based now, and I'm going to make those for Mother's Day. I'm going to make uh, stuffed shells and a salad, and we'll have fresh sourdough bread. And then we'll make a dessert. But we'll make a dessert that has no eggs and no dairy and no butter oil. You know, we sometimes look at celebrations to go um, rogue on vegan or, you know, vegan junk food or vegan desserts. You know, there are – I saw a – really pretty picture of a chocolate grenache out there, but it was made with cashews and coconut oil, which is tremendously high in fat and high in calories. And, you know, the last thing uh, you need is, uh, you know, mom getting uh, cardiovascular disease or children getting diabetes because we know fat is the etiology of diabetes. And if children are overweight, they're getting adult onset diabetes at a very, very young age. So, giving them rewards that are high fat or high sugar is not, you know, it's, it's not going to buy their love or make them more healthy. And by showing them how to eat and having them be healthy, the rewards are going to be there for you and your children. The diva is a fabulous cook, but I remember more about the things that she did with me growing up. She loves to sing, and uh, she recorded her own voice. She remembered that song, and uh, she recorded it, and I stole it from her so I could put it on this podcast. Uh, I'll ask for permission later or forgiveness. But I remember her doing that. She directed the youth choir that I was a part of. I was probably only a part of it because she was the director of it because I didn't have a very good voice. That's why you don't hear my voice singing on, on the uh, podcast. But again, she played ball with us. She, you know, uh, we had a cottage and she was endlessly, um, you know, doing things, cross-country skiing, playing softball, riding snowmobiles, doing that in addition to all her mom work that, that went largely unnoticed. So, you know, in the end, when your kids look back, it's not, it's not because of the, you know, Krispy Kreme donuts you bought them, but because of the time that you spent with them. So don't worry ever making desserts that, um, you know, are, are gooey and unhealthy. Um, and that comfort food label or that reward label that we put on foods, uh, we really need to work on taking that off and looking at the rewards being the time we spend with somebody or the, you know the the things that we the real the real things in the real time that we spend together and I'm going to go back to covid and I know it's a slippery slope and I'll probably get a lot of hate mail over it and uh, but you know I I think that human interaction will be the biggest change that that comes out of of this pandemic and i hope that it doesn't ruin us as a society Uh, i know people aren't able or not allowed to see their grandchildren or they're afraid to travel or there have been some and there really haven't been any 
restrictions. Yes, you have to quarantine when you get there, perhaps, or take a negative COVID test. But um, in most instances, um, it's a choice. And we make choices not to travel or interact with others because of fear. And I think when it limits our time together, we're losing a lot of minutes. I don't know how old you are if you're listening to me, but, you know, um, if you're 60 years old, you might, you know, if I can make you to live to be 90 or you can, you know, when you're eating plant-based, uh, you only have 30 Christmases left. You've already spent six. You know, is, it, is it, are you willing to give up? Are you willing to give up special days with special people because of the potential fear? The reality of it is that um, COVID has spread 30 Three to 35 percent among spouses, about 16 to 18 percent among households. It's virtually impossible to get it outside. You have to spend time with people. There are things you can do um, to to limit the collateral damage. And are those, you know, is social isolation from the people you love worth it? And I think you have to determine that. And if um, vaccinating makes you more comfortable with getting to know your family and getting out and being around others, then by all means, the risk of vaccination may be certainly less than the risk of losing time with loved ones. But I think you should have that discussion with your family uh, and all, you know, grandkids, parents. And I think that, you know, I saw a TV show um, that, you know, brought up that a kid went out and he didn't have a mask and he came home and grandma got COVID and she died. And then the mother said angry things to the child and he went back to college and he didn't have anything to do with her because he felt so guilty because he killed his grandmother. We don't have that kind of power. We don't have that kind of power over life and death. Um, You know, I always tell patients, if a doctor tells you, you have so many months to live, it's not true. We don't know. Um... COVID is not a death sentence for every individual. It is a death sentence for some, but we don't know who or when that would be. We know general uh, general trends, but we, but we don't uh, know all the details, and we can't predict the future. But what we can do is keep our families together and intact and choose family over social isolation, choose healthy nutrition over junk food, choose getting outside with our family as opposed to isolating in our individual rooms doing computer games, and, and, in, and being in communication with other people as, as much as possible, and not showing fear. I think that you know being fearful as a mother uh, and trying to control a situation is a false sense for kids because we can't control every situation. We can hope for the best and do our best and make the best decision with the best information that we have. But at the end of the day, we're not in ultimate control. And mom, you need to give yourself a break this, this, um, this Mother's Day, if you're out there listening to, to me in this podcast, that you know, uh, you're really smart as a mother and you have a lot of good instincts, but your children are going to love you regardless and you do the best that you can and don't be afraid because it doesn't get us anywhere as a grandparent i'm gonna i'm gonna suggest to you that you get out and move 
Um, we need to be able to get up and off, up and down off the floor. When Caleb was here, my 88-year-old mother could get down on the floor and play with him and get up without assistance. Try it at home because if you can't get up without assistance, you need to practice because not practicing will ultimately decrease your years on this earth. We need to choose healthy food today and not wait for tomorrow or next week or when things are easier. We can make the choice right now to make a better plate for ourselves. Moms need to sit down and have their meals with their children. Grandmas need to sit down with their grandkids and have the meals with them. They deserve a nice plate, a nice napkin and silverware and sit there with their children and grandchildren and have a conversation with them. It's the best investment that you possibly could make, better than any vitamin. If you're making dinner for mom on this podcast, or I'm sorry, on this Mother's Day weekend, make it a healthy, make it a healthy dinner. Take your family recipes and make them plant-based. And if you don't know how, you can email me at jamie at drdelaney.com, and I'll help you with any recipe that you have to make it healthy and plant-based. And as previous episodes, we've talked about the benefits of coffee and how it's not necessarily bad or it's not bad for you at all. I'd like to make a special offer. If you're looking for um, some coffee for Mother's Day or mom or yourself, um, I have begun ordering from Grounds and Hounds Coffee Company, and it's groundsandhounds.com, groundsandhoundscoffee.com, and there'll be a special link on the website where you can get a discount code to get some um, Grounds and Hound Coffee. It's groundsandhoundscoffee.com, and the the, uh, code will be Sophie's, yes, that was Sophie's, Sophie Says, Um, and you can get a little discount on some coffee. So I hope you enjoyed this podcast. It's short and sweet this week. I'm going to make it easy on this mom, and I hope you enjoy Mother's Day. I hope you get outside, get some fresh air and have some great food. Happy Mother's Day. You'll never know just how much I love you. You'll never know just how much I care. And if I tried, I still couldn't hide my love from you. Didn't you know, cause haven't I told you so a million or more times? You went away and my heart went with you. I see your face in my every prayer. If there is some other way To prove that I love you, I swear I don't know how. You'll never know if you don't know now.